Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern the perfect outdoor companions. This is Real Adventures. How excited oh, are you this morning? Start to the morning, Patrick, just to find out that Thirsty Camel's sending me free slabs of beer. For the rest of your life, is that sort of like... Well, I just made that up, but we'll see what we can organise there, Brooks. Yeah, producer, please. Is that like the Michael Jordan sort of Nike deal? You just want <laughs> free alcohol for the rest of your life? Come on, Pat, I'm not that bad. Got a massive show of Real Adventures this morning. It is, of course, the school holidays in Victoria, Redmond. Uh, so we're going to talk a little around the stocking that's happened around the state, yep. the best place to take your kids and get them into fishing this school holiday. It's been a little bit cold, but it's a great time to chase some fish, especially with the stocking that's been going on. News around the country, Redmond, and around the world when it comes to uh, the marine and boating and fishing industry. Merck's released their racing 450 horsepower engine. It's extraordinarily large. It'll be the largest commercial. How big was it? Sorry? 450 horsepower. How much did you know how much that come in weight wise? No, they're saying it's 130 kilos lighter than its nearest competitor. So there's no... So the Yamaha 425 was 430 kilo. Yep. So I, I dare say, they haven't released a huge amount of information on it just yet, but I dare say the nearest competitor they're talking about, sure. uh, Yamaha. So that'll be interesting to see. And whether it's off that same block, um, you know, of the of the 400 or the 350, yeah. I'm not quite sure, but it's a 4.6 litre. You think litre. it probably would be because of the what you said, if they're keeping the weight down. Yeah. So it's 4.6 litre V8 four-stroke. Um, so it's it's specifically designed for, for racing at the moment. Um and they reckon it's got 40% more torque than its predecessor, which was the 400R, uh, and 136 kilos lighter than its nearest competitor. So really interesting space. will be interesting for the wreck fishos when eventually this will become um, something that's more aimed at, at uh, recreational fishermen. Obviously, this one isn't, but food for thought, Redmond. It the, is. Uh... The top-end market is starting to heat up. We've seen Yamaha that are that are in it. We've now got Mercury Merc. and obviously Susie have their 350. So there's some seriously big outboards out there at the moment. And you get, and you see in the overseas market, Pat, there's some, some of them have got some boats would go on outboards. They have what some of them are four or five outboards on a boat. Like yep. it's ridiculous. So it might help reduce the amount of engines they need on those American boats, I'm going to call them as such because that's usually where you see it happening. But down here, I don't know, you're going to see more boats with single engines rather than uh, two engines on the back. So. I think, especially with the reliability of them, and that's the important thing. Um, 
Redmond, we spoke about off the top about yep. two minutes ago. Uh, Vic Fisheries, they've released 32,000 fish right across uh, the state, which is a great thing um, for young families. Especially this time of year with the school holidays being here. It's a great initiative from Fisheries Victoria. And good news is you can take your kids to go target these fish because they are catchable size as well, aren't they, Pat? Yep. And, and everything is literally designed for that. So there's 32,000 across 80 uh, different waterways um, throughout Victoria. So uh, just reading it out now, Albert Park, uh, Lilydale Lake, Emerald Lake, um, Darlingford Lake, Geelong, Kennington, um, the list goes on. So if you want more information on um, the stocking for these different regions. And I actually saw uh, on one of Paul Worsling's uh, tackle store, they did an example on how to target these, for if just for the basic side of it, to target these trout. Now, I've never gone into these lakes and targeted them myself, but very simple rigs, Pat. It was a little hook, a little size sort of six hook yep. with uh, a split lot, split shot sinker just above, an inch above it, uh, running through to a float and a bit of power bait on the end of it. It was as simple as that. And that, that there is for parents who don't actually fish themselves, but the kids want to get into it or they want to have a go. It is as simple as that. You can go buy... Uh, they were showing the tackle rock, rat combo, which is, doesn't cost a lot from Paul's tackle stores. And I'm not pumping Paul up here as such. It's really, I'm saying that this is where I've seen it. They yep. had the tackle rock combo. They had um, just a ba- very basic outfit. And it catches these small trout, which your kids can have fun. They're always going to remember their first fish. You and I both remember our first fish. So it's really important this school holidays to get the kids down there. A couple of other things, Pat, you can do with the kids this uh, holidays is if you have a boat, just the squid. I always talk about it. The squid, um, they are in some big numbers all around Port Phillip Bay at the moment. They're, there's plentiful to catch. You've got Clifton Springs uh, around that. There, there's plenty of squid right through the whole uh, Ballerine Peninsula in there. Then you come around the corner to St. Leonard's. Pretty much every weed bed you're going to find has calamari on it. Down to Sorrento and Rye as well. Western Port have some great um, squid, big squid cut. Uh, Gwaine was saying that there's, this is when they start to see their first signs of some big, big calamari. So there's a few things to do for to keep the things basic, uh, so make sure you get out there. Uh, just on the trout, Redmond, uh, there's a daily bag limit of five trout that applies to the family fishing lake, so, yep. um, and only tr- two trout can exceed 35 centimetres. So for more info, um, head to the Vic Fisheries uh, Facebook page, and you can follow us, Redmond, on Facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Uh, your week in fishing, old boy? A little bit different this week, Pat. Um, started off the week, it was quite windy and cold over the weekend. Uh, Saturday, Sunday was ordinary. Hang on, it's been windy and cold. Oh, wowee. <laughs> Very windy and cold. I know, but then it shaped up a bit as of uh, as of basically the... Um, the middle of the week, it really started kicking to gear, and I headed down to Portland. I was going to say, well, you sort of... Uh, you. Headed away from the usual stomping grounds, went did a bit of uh, filming for yeah, Salt God, I think. Yeah, we did. So we grabbed Crago and uh, grabbed the Stavian, headed down down the coast and chased some tuna, which was good. We got some nice fish, which was always it's always it's always good when you catch fish, especially when you're filming because you don't get the content, you don't uh, you don't really get the job done. No, so exactly. We headed up a lot there. of school tuna around there. There at the is the school tuna. Um, it's. Plague proportion. It's as good as you can, you're going to get it. Yep. And um, we did a fair bit of that because that's what we were doing. We also were lucky enough to uh, chase the barrel tuna as well. But back to the school tuna, the school holidays again. We've got some calm weather coming. We've had some calm weather. Get the kids down there if you want to get them in. If they're, if they're at that next stage, like they're getting a little bit older into their fishing, it's they're right in close, Pat. They are in close and there are plenty of them. But some- So the best way to target them if you're 
new to the game yep. and you're thinking, you know what, it is now time for if I could, give, really giving it a good crack. If I could recommend anything for a kid, don't go out there and chase these. Or, or someone that hasn't fished for them or, before. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't be going out there and targeting them with 50 watts. Not this school tuna. I wouldn't. Yep. The reason for this is you don't get the... It's, it's very hard to fish a 50 watt when you're little and not strong like myself. But they're a heavy reel. They are a heavy reel. They're good for your barrel tuna. These school tuna, you can handle them with basic snapper gear, Pat. Just a pen 560 slammer can handle these fish with ease. And you've got to remember that when the kid's doing stuff, that's when he's, in, he's enjoying it as well. Where if he's got a 50 wide, he's concentrating and holding it and just basically cranking the reel with the fish pull, holding the weight. Where these these lighter rods, they can feel the fish pulling through the line and, and it's not heavy because you're, you're not running big drag systems like you are on those 50 wides. I know you can back them off, but traditionally you're going to be running 8 kilo on a 24 kilo outfit. So back off the gear a bit and something else that I uh, went down and... Um, well, before you get on to that, did right you, speaking of, of tuna, yep. uh, Mike Rabe, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's a photographer, but um, they were sitting out of a plane in California and they've spotted this enormous albino I did see this, actually. Tuna. Did that, that amaze you? Um like the, the one that they're spotting these fish is so enormous that they're spotting them from a plane. Obviously, they're schooling in large numbers. Yeah. But the, the footage was quite extraordinary. It's ridiculous that even the thought that there's a pure white fish amongst blue oh, fish. Just loved it. So it is, it a, is it a white fin tuna? Well, I think it would be. <laughs> Sorry, I'll cut you off. No, there. no, that, that was good. I actually, I, you've, you've done well there. I actually was meant to mention that, and I forgot. Nice work. What, um, you haven't seen anything on like no, not nothing like that. albino. Nothing of, besides myself and you, <laughs> the two of us <laughs> on a boat <laughs> uh, with my mouse brown hair. But um, we um, no, I haven't, I haven't actually ever seen anything like that. And that's that's cool. That's real cool. So, well done to that photographer because they there's a. I've seen a white uh, albino dolphin off Portland on one of the charter boats guys posted a couple of weeks ago. There was a white albino dolphin, but not a tuna. So, But like I was saying, something I did a little bit different this week, headed down to the Glenelg, down the Nelson region. Yeah, beautiful. Like, let's just talk about Nelson for a second. That is a beautiful region. Yeah, it Glenelg is. Glenelg River. It is. It's a long way away, but it's... Jeez, it's a beautiful place. I think that's why it's a good place is because it's a long way away, as, as bad as that sounds. Uh, yep. It is away from everything which I like because we went down there and we just cruised up the river and we were lucky enough to target catch these Mulloway. And these Mulloway can... There is a lot of Mulloway there. Well, I was going to say, it's one of those fish that really gets people excited, but to target them, you're not just going out and throwing white bait. No, know. there's there's numerous ways you can target these fish. And I've just written down a few things at the top of my head here and I didn't do all these techniques, but I had a crack at a fair, a fair amount of them. But... Like I said, we were targeting the Mulloway and the Brim. Now, when you are targeting Mulloway, uh, especially in this water system itself, and I know that numerous areas as well hot fish the same way as this, Brim, whatever Brim eat, the Mulloway eat too. So you can use your vibes that you're using on the Brim. All your little vibes and your soft plastics will catch Mulloway. But the problem is, now Dan Mackerel, he's a guest on Real Adventures uh, quite regularly. He targets the Can't Brim. Fish, right? Very good fisherman, especially in that Brim area and the Mulloway. He's on sometimes one pound line trying to catch 
Bream and Amalai will take their vibe. And yep. this happens like a lot, Pat. Yeah. So when you are targeting them, using your vibes and your plastics during the day is when it's um you're probably going to be more dominant with those. Yep. Um and like I said, well, you can use most, Brim. Most gear. people think you only catch Malawi at night. But that's right, they do. Yeah. And 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 to tell you the truth, you follow your moons. When the moons rise and come down is when you go I'm not going to get into that because we'll be here for just on six years. But um, <laughs> just when you are targeting them, we fished them of the night because we fished the tuna during the day and the Mulloway of the night. And we basically set up camp just before dark so we could, um, when I say set up camp, we anchored the boat basically on the shore and we set our gear out and I was fortunate enough to catch some fresh squid. I took fresh squid, which makes the difference. Um, hadn't even been frozen yet. Just I kept it in the fridge for a couple of days. So yep. I think it does make a difference the fresher it is. You'll still catch them on older stuff, but fresh squid, uh, squid rings, strips, heads all worked. Um, another, You're still pinning it one side. And yeah, then just it. once. Yep. And... I know a lot of people let Mulloway run. They let Snapper run using the, the bait, the uh, what a bait runner reels, whatever the Shimano make. I think a bait runner. They are bait runners. That's exactly the yep. name for them. Yeah, I use. I don't like that. I like having my drag set ready to go. Yep. So when they hit them, I'm on. You see the rod nibble, and then it, and it's game on. Um, so are you backing the drag off at all? Or no, I'm not. not I'm all. not. No, yep. I'm running about a kilo of drag, give or take. Yep. Just by feel my own hand, I sort of roughly know where I want to be. Yep. So about a kilo of drag and. We got some beautiful fish up there. Um, we ended up with nearly a dozen fish, and like that's good going. If you told me that you were catching a dozen fish a few years back of Mulloway, you'd be right Hell up. Hell yeah. It's, it's about as good as it gets. So everything's fishing really well. And Pat, we do have a massive show. We've got a guest from Burmy Bait and Tackle joining us to talk us all things. things uh, bluefin tuna, which you spoke about well, when New you Zealand. Went, when you went up um, a couple of months ago, you went one up to the Eastern Seaboard. And we really wanted to get the guys on, but it just hadn't been fishing well at all. No. So finally... It's really starting to pump. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. I kept saying it's going to happen any day now. And sure enough, the day after I said it last week, it, they got their first signs of it. So yep. they've arrived on the eastern seaboard. So and they're spread out. Pat, I wouldn't be surprised if they're from Sydney nearly all the way down to Eden. Uh, so there's a lot of fish there. There's yellowfin mixed in in certain patches of water. The water is a little bit far out at the moment. That slack water. Uh, the longliners are doing some kilometres, like 60 miles at this stage. There are a few fish in closer. But the water isn't as good, but hopefully it pushes right in. You just don't know where it's going to push in. It could be Burmy, could be Eden, could be Sydney, because it's such a big area. We've got a massive show of Real Adventures coming your way. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. It's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Yes, it's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Your next summer break is waiting at bigfour.com.au. Explore and book today. And if you're fishing around the Ballarat region, make sure you stay at the Big Four Ballarat Windmill Holiday Park. First up, Redmond Richie Abella from Dreamcatcher Sports Fishing. The great man himself is on the line. Morning, Richie. Morning, guys. How are you? Going all right, mate. And you've had a bit of a interesting past couple of weeks regarding. Uh, we're going to talk a bit down the east coast, Pat, uh, today, uh, down sort of Malacuta to Lakes Entrance Way. And Rich has been doing a bit of fishing down there, and he's had a couple of bycatches catches while he's been targeting the swords, which I do want to hit his hit him up about. But Rich, how's the fishing been, mate? Uh, look, the, the fishing was amazing, really, and uh, about, well, possibly, you know, give or take about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but obviously weather constraints sort of um, 
hinder that and we can't keep going all the time when the fish are on but uh, when the fish were on a couple of weeks ago we had a great run on the swordfish and um, consistently getting bites and uh, when we managed to stay attached to them we're catching them you know but we, we, we were getting bit pretty much on every trip there for a while I think I went 10 straight without uh, without missing a day um, getting connected to a swordfish it was just a matter of whether we got one to the boat or not that was the difference between you know a, a really successful day and uh, not so successful you know yeah, and Rich, you, you spoke to me a bit earlier. Um, this year has been a little bit uh, expensive the last couple of weeks. You, you changed your braid to coloured braid, which I found very interesting. Pat, you, you'll find this interesting too. Is um, You changed to coloured braid this year, Rich. Take us through what happened there. Oh, I just, um, you know, obviously every season we, we sort of go through different products and, and we try different things and... Um, you know, sometimes they really pay off and sometimes uh, they don't. I mean, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with coloured braid at all. And, and there's a there's a lot of good brands on the market. Um, and, and I used it quite extensively when I went to New Zealand without a trouble. But I think when it comes to sword fishing, um, it... it uh, it promotes possibly, and, and this is still unconfirmed, but never had this happen to me um, in, in, in a couple of seasons. And um, we, we just get a random bust off, like without even fighting a fish, just with the bait in the water waiting for a bite. And all of a sudden you, you'll part company with your gear and you lose, you know, more than half the spool full of braid and all your rig and everything like that. And uh, we suspect that um, it's possibly, um, you know, Midwater fish like frost fish, raised brim, most of the stuff down there's all got teeth. So if, if they take a liking to the colour changes and possibly think it might be food, they have a little bit of a peck at it and uh, see you later. Interesting, eh, Pat? It's uh, absolutely. It's because uh, what coloured braid means basically. What Rich is saying is, it might be every ten meters, uh, your colour changes on the braid, and where it's got the colour change, it could be creating, like Rich said, a bit of sparkle, and that's the end of that rig. But Rich, you caught a couple of really cool fish. Now, I've never, I have not caught either of these. I've caught their brothers or cousins, as I'll call them. But you managed to land a poor beagle shark and an oceanic big eye thresher shark. Now, I've caught thresher shark and I've caught mako shark, Pat, but I've never caught either either of these two. And I think they were new to you, Rich, as well? Um, the Oceanic Thrasher wasn't. Um, I don't generally always publicise my bycatch. Um, I was on the rod for this particular one. We went and had a bit of a friendly day out, me and the, and the deckhand. It wasn't, it wasn't a day's work. We just, it was the last day I was going to spend in Mallacoota and we thought we'd try and go and catch some table fish and that was pretty unsuccessful for us. But <laughs> while we were doing it, we, uh, we put at least one sword bait out. I can't bring myself to go out there without putting a sword bait out. And uh, yeah, we got connected to a 70, two kilo big eye thresher shark which is pretty much fishing and chasing all the stuff that the swordfish chase in that same zone actually in actual fact um, a thresher shark bite and a swordfish bite are almost identical because they attack the bait in a similar fashion the swordfish comes in slashing at the bait creating a sharp bounce on the rod tip and so does the thresher but he does it with his tail um, yeah. So you can be forgiven for thinking that uh, you've got a swordfish bite every now and then when you uh, hook a thrasher shark. But it, it's definitely not my first um, big eye thrasher. I can't say I've caught boatloads of them, but you know every season we tangle up with one or two. And I found it interesting that it was... Um, 
he was he was so publicised and interested uh, by a few people down south. I didn't think they were that uncommon, but apparently they are. But like I said, we've we've tangled up with a few of them. That's definitely not my first. But um, the poor beagle was. Uh, the day before, we we tangled up with that poor beagle shark and and. Years and years ago, fishing off Tassie, I thought I'd actually tangled up with one then. And uh, after catching this one, I realised, no, that was just a small mako. There's absolutely no chance you can mistake Paul Beagle for a mako. There's so many differences to the fish. It's ridiculous. Like, for starts, the biggest telltale is that really round dorsal fin. But they literally look like a mako shark had eaten too much and gone for a big-ass swim and swam into the canyon wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And they were both nice eating as well, Rich, too, on the table. Yeah, apparently, look, un- unfortunately, I'm not going to get to eat either of them because I really liked that uh, Oceanic Thrasher that I got, the big eye one, and um, that's going on the wall, so I'm getting a mount of that. And the client that caught the Paul Beagle had never caught one as well, and he's a bit um, partial to putting uh, trophy fish on the wall so he's going to mount that as well so neither of us got to taste them but apparently the poor beagle shark is absolutely amazing to eat which I'm sort of hanging to catch another one now (laughs) (laughs) Richie Abella from Dream Catcher Sports Fishing thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning Rich thanks a lot uh, boys and uh, enjoy the day and what's left of it yeah, that's right, and Rich will be heading down to Portland in the coming weeks. If you are after chasing a barrel bluefin tuna, make sure you give Rich a call because he's the man if you do want to catch and specifically target these big blue barrel uh, bluefin tuna because uh, he goes all right on them, Patrick. Old Rich does, so give him a call. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. Up next, Lee Rayner from Fishing Edge and Game Fishing Fever. Good morning, Lee. Morning, mate. How are you going today? Going not too bad, mate. It's a bit cold, nice and early this morning, but what I've got you on the line today to do is basically cover all things freshwater. Now, we've gone through the saltwater, and I want to know what's yep. going on in the freshwater. What are we going to say over the next two months? What are people going to buy from your tackle store so they can go out and catch some of these trout and uh, other species on offer? Yeah, well, look, but just like the, anything at this time of year, I think, Aaron, you know, it's not so much about quantity, it's about quality, and that's sort of what we work on in the salt at this time of year. And the same in the fresh. On the West Coast, you know, the, one of the great things fisheries have done is some of the rivers are open all season. So down the Hopkins, the Merai, all those areas, there's a lot of big brown trout to be caught. And if people want to go and do that, the best time to do is after we have a bit of rain, and then you go and fish, like, big floating rapalas and stuff in the runs. And, mate, there's stacks of browns in those rivers that are, like, four to eight pounds. So if you want to go and chase them, there's that stuff to do. Um, the other stuff is those western lakes, Purrumbeet, Bull and Merai, all that sort of stuff. They have some phenomenal fishing in them for big, well, redfin in Purrumbeet and big trout, you know, and then you've got Ishanooks and your big brown trout and that in Bull and Merai, down rigging and casting lures and all that stuff is, is certainly something people should be doing if you like catching your trout and stuff like that mate and then the other one probably i would say a fish that you know it's the fish of a thousand casts have you ever caught a big cod aaron no oh, oh, not a big cod i've caught some smaller ones but i've never landed a yep. big one yeah okay well this is sort of big cod time of year um and and if you're into chasing a big cod then 
places like Eildon and then all up around Shepherd and in those areas, like in Mulwaler and stuff, there's some very, very big cod to be found. But it's a, it's a thing of putting in the time, in the cold weather, dawn, dusk, all that sort of low-light stuff, throwing big lures, and, and the result can be, you know, those genuine metre-plus cod that are weighing up over 80 pounds. So um, they're, they're, the, they're the fish that, you know, you're not fishing for numbers, but again, it's, it's just a, a real trophy sort of fish that people like to catch. So um, I've got two questions the, the other, for you, Larry. Yep. Two questions. The first one's going to be the Chinook salmon. Pilchards yep. is a great bait for Chinooks, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. It's quite an amazing thing. So it's in built in, and they're a saltwater fish. They, you know, they come from North America and stuff. And um, pilchard is is just a, a great bait for them. White bait, all that sort of stuff, because that's just what they they know that they eat. They love oily stuff like that. So, and it's quite. Have you ever fished for them in those in Bullamero? I've never caught a Chinook salmon. To tell you the truth, uh, it's not something I've done. Okay, I know well, you've done a bit they, of it. They fight. Like Aaron, they are worth catching because they pull like nothing else, um, and and heaps of fun. Like quite a unique way to fish. You can anchor up in like eighty foot of water and just hang a bait down, you know, thirty, forty, fifty feet, and have it hanging off the rod tip, and you get this bite that can be anything like a whiting bite through to a full on snapper bite, and and mate, the fish could be anything from like a pound to to twelve or fourteen pounds. So they're they're yeah, pretty right. unique sort of fish to be catching in fresh water. My second question is, I'm heading Nagambi Way over this weekend. As soon as I finish up here, I'm heading straight up to Nagambi. Um, nice. I'm, I'm going up there to watch a bit of footy, but the other thing is, obviously, I'll sneak a fishing rod in. Uh, any chance yep. of catching a fish? Yeah, definitely, mate. Nagambi's got some very, very big cod in it, but your other options are there's good yellow belly there, and there's some great red fin to be found as well. So probably just, you know, casting around the timber with small hard bodies and stuff, you get a bite. Um Mate, the main thing I'll be watching is just look for a bit of a, you know, if the barometer's going to be high at some point or work out, you know, if the barometer's higher on Saturday than it is on Sunday, I'd probably be looking at that sort of stuff. But, you know, just fish that, that morning and afternoon and, and you're a fair chance of catching definitely a yellow belly or a ready or something like that. It's just a, a great piece of water up there. Well, there you go. All things freshwater. Thank you, Lee Rayner, for joining us on Real Adventures this morning and uh, we'll catch you soon. No worries, boys. Lee Rayner from Game Fishing Fever. Now it's time for the social club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? John Clark Redman. Does proper equipment play that big a role in success on the water if you're just starting out? Now, this is an important question. We're heading, we are in the school holidays now for those that are just getting into it. How much do you really need to spend? Let's talk just pier fishing, chasing squid. I'll talk, um, I'll talk fishing if- in general, like as in, honestly, I'll make it as basic as you can. Pat, if I didn't fish every day, I wouldn't have the gear that I had. Do you know why I have the gear I have? It's the top end. Yep. The reason I have the top end gear is because I fish every day. Imagine yeah. going to work on a car and using a spanner that, that was a left-handed one. It wouldn't work. Well, you probably would because they're the same. But seriously, if you didn't have the right tools for the right equipment every day, it wouldn't work in your favor. Yep. If you're a casual fisherman and you're heading down to the local pier, I wouldn't be going to spend $400 on a rod. No. I'd be going down and buying or a surf fisherman or whatever you do. Spend the money that is going to work for you. So a reel, you can get a Pen 560 Slammer, and I really enjoy these reels. I still use them on my gummy rods. 80 bucks, Pat. 80 bucks for a reel that's going to catch you snapper, gummy sharks, and cast off the surf. That's done there. Rods, you're looking at 40 bucks to 100 bucks sometimes if you for a surf fishing rod. You can go expensive, but I believe you can make it as cheap as you want. But there's a couple things I'd spend money on. A, a squid jig. I think it's very important to spend money on squid jigs just to get the sink right, uh, sink working right. Because if you don't, the squid only eat it when it sinks. And if you don't and you don't get that nice sink, you're not going to catch fish. Same as a lure for a blue 
bluefin, I'd spend the money for the head to catch these fish. There's certain things you need to spend money on, and there's other things you don't. Aaron Joseph. Why do you net a gummy, Aaron, and not gaff it? Good question. Um, I actually put it up on Salt Guide, a video of why I use the nets. So check it out on Salt Guide, the video, if you want. It's actually live on our Facebook page. But basically... And you can follow us uh, on Real Adventures uh, forward, uh, on Facebook, sorry, <laughs> uh, .com forward slash at Real Adventures Show. Uh, you basically net a gummy purely because they're like an eel pat. Now, I've ne- I've tried gaffing gummies over the time, and it just hasn't worked. I've gaffed them, and all of a sudden, they, they just roll Going off nuts. the gaff. Yeah, they roll off. With a net, you scoop them in. Another reason, I le- like to let them go as well. If I get a big one, where if you gaff something, you're going to hurt it really bad, where the net doesn't actually work against you. It works for you. Big scoop up. You need hook em nets is what I use. A nice big deep net. They're a great net and they're um, actually now, they, they're basically hook tangled free I guess you could say. They've got a certain mesh that doesn't get caught on the hook so you can get the gummy out even quicker. So check them out on hook em online because they do a great range of gear. Pat, I know you and myself use all their gear so check it out. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show as well as Twitter and Instagram. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. We're heading up to Burmy Bait and Tackle, and Jack Graham is chatting to us this morning about the run that's begun, Redmond. Is that right? That's right. Thank you for joining us, Jack. Scotty usually joins us, uh, but we've got his uh, co-worker, Jack, who uh, is going to give us a rundown on these East Coast bluefin tuna. Now, I've been doing very well out of Portland, as we've spoke. Uh, Tassie's fishing really well, and some good fish in New Zealand as well. But, Jack, the East Coast is pretty much just about to kick off in big numbers. How's it looking, mate? Yeah, look, it, it is shaping up to be a great season for us here at Burmy. Um, we've had really good early season captures. Um, both the, the commercial boats working with the recreational boats together um, are making it really um, easier than a lot of other years to find the fish. Um, with, with people radioing in when they find the schools, it's um, given everyone else a really good chance at getting a fish as well. So, Jack, uh, technology is a big factor in our fishing these days. I know you said about the commercial guys and so on and so on, but we've also got things like rip charts and understanding the ocean currents. What are we actually looking for when we are trying to basically pinpoint where these bluefin tuna are on the whole east coast? Look, it, we're looking for eddies, slacker water, which are holding the bait just high enough off the bottom so that we can uh, get the bluefin up into our trailer cubes. Um, so we're really looking for nice slack water eddies of between 19 and 20 degrees um, is what we've been finding at the moment. Um, they've been sort of starting around about 25 to 30 mile off the coast and um, boats that are venturing out past that are seeing fish as well right out to the 151 line. Um, rib charts is making it really, really um, quite exceptional um, information for us as far as the recreational fishermen's go um, we uh, we really are catching quite a lot more fish because of it Jack you were just talking about cubing but before we actually uh, get into the cubing and such to find these fish yes rip charts is great but the fish need to still be there do you find putting the lures out at the start and actually trying to cover some area in that where you think that water is going to be is basically gives you a bit of a head start to hook a few fish then start cubing 
Yeah, that's it. Look, if you've got lures in the water, then you've always got a better chance to catch them than if you don't. Um, especially trolling, you know, deep diving lures and, and skirted lures. You can you make speed of eight knots quite easily, and you travel, you know, that's covering a lot of ground. Um, while you're trolling, you're always looking for birds and seals and... Um, you know, the high gannets up top circling is always a really, really good indication. Um, you know, find the bait, find the fish, the same old story. What size are these uh, fish been that have been caught so far, Jack? Um, a lot of the ones being caught um, around 40 kilos by the recreational fishermen. Um, there has been a few, a few bigger ones caught, sort of up around the 60, 70 kilo mark. Um, but we haven't seen any crackers come in yet. Um, but I'm, I'm certain we will. What um you've obviously said the commercial guys working in with the rec guys. The commercial guys are spending times at night, uh, time well, sorry, time a lot of time out on the water looking for these fish. Sometimes they're sixty plus miles out. With technology into the boat side of things this time round, it's allowing rec guys to pretty much push out to actually where these guys are at times. It's- yeah, that, that's exactly right. Look, um, we had a customer came back in last week and um, he pushed out to 150.51, which is, yeah, getting, getting close to 50 miles off the coast. And um, it was a mark that we were given to, uh, given by a longliner, and they, they got fish straight away. So it was, um, it's really good to see people having confidence in their vessels and confidence in their electronics really is, um, yeah, letting them just push out that bit further than previous years. Jack, we know Burmy is great for game fishing, but if game fishing isn't on your radar as a fisherman, this time of the year, what else are anglers chasing around the region? Uh, look, it's um, heavily into brim fishing season down this way. Um, the three-pound fluorocarbon and a, uh, a two-and-a-half-inch grub has been killer around the snags. Um, a lot of people choosing to do that, as well as um, the beach has been quite productive as well. Um, quite a few dewfish coming on the last moon and um, a couple of gummy sharks as well. Thank you, Jack, for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. Make sure if you're heading up the East Coast, uh, give him, give these guys a buzz. Follow their Facebook page at Burmy Bait and Tackle. Scotty's got a great shop down there and uh, obviously got a few keen workers too because I know Jack's been out in the fish because Josh, another fellow worker, told me he's been getting a few bluefin <laughs> himself. And do you know what they also have down there, Patrick? What's that? They've got a ripping bacon and egg sanger in the morning before <laughs> you actually head out, which I spoke about last time. So, uh, Jack, thanks again for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. It was a pleasure. No worries. Thanks for having us, guys. See ya. Burmy, it has to be one of the premier fishing locations around this, around Australia, is it not? Uh, it's... You know what the thing with Burmy is, and I'm going to probably talk more such on the marlin, it's probably... Uh, marlin fishing out of Burmy is probably one of the biggest in the country. Yeah. And the reason for it is because you catch fish close to the ramp. Now, you're still 12... You've got the 12-mile reef, which they call it, which is 12 miles out. But, Eden... Excuse me, Eden, you are looking at Oh, double that. <laughs> like, it's a long way out. Where this is accessible for all trailer boats, these tuna, instead of travelling out those extra 20 kilometres from Eden to where they are, you're, you're, that, you're that bit closer. So it's pleasant. Like, as much as technology's changed and boats have gotten better and motors more reliable, at the end of the day, you've still got to pump through waves and, and drive around and try and chase oh. these things. So... The closer you can get, the better. And that's why when you go down in marlin season, I head down every year for a couple of times a year, and every time you go to Birmingham, you get a bit of nice weather. That's why you can't get a car park, is because it's a place, it's accessible, 
They've got great. They've got a great tackle store like that. Honestly, that Birmingham Bay tackle is is a really good store. It's got what you need, but you've got guys that fish, and when you've got guys that fish, it's self-explanatory, isn't it? Yep. Because they tell you how. They, they, it just helps. They know what they're doing. Yeah, it about. just helps. That was all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Now it's time for Red's review for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. For store locations, visit thirstycamel.com.au. Now, Redmond, I was having a chat at the Melbourne Boat Show Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago from one of the most reputable uh, fishing uh, TV hosts in the country, and he said Shimano has shot themselves in the foot. What are you talking about? Right. He reckons that the the new Shimano Stratic is so good, people aren't going to buy... Uh, Stellas anymore. So you reckon they've lost just a thousand bucks on each reel straight he up? He thinks they are the greatest reel going around, and that is the review for this morning. It is. They released it about a month ago. Um, you've been really impressed by it. Oh, I haven't. I've just been reading and doing research on it, and I've been impressed by it a fair bit. Um, and we've had one for the last week. I bought one. Oh, you've got one. Two months I ago. Haven't, uh, two weeks ago. I haven't played with one yet myself, but I'm hanging to get my hands on one of these. And they've just sort of released into stores uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so what we're talking about here is the new Shimano Stratic FL. So this here is... You just look at it. I'm looking at a photo now. Firstly, it looks cool, which is uh, something that gets a fisherman's eye pretty easy, Patrick, sometimes, like a colourful lure like yourself. Well, I wouldn't think that's the most important part of it. (laughs) But no, I'm going to talk about these and the size reels that I would use. So you've got... I'm going to go for you first. This is what I've sort of recommended for yourself, is the FL1000HG. Now, this is your size 1000. Now, this suits you for your... Uh, estuary fishing that you and I do up in um, the Otways. Yep. As sorry, not the streams, uh, as well as your brim fishing. Now this reel here, um, you, we weight it with a one to two kilo reel or a very very responsive or a fast tapered rod to up to one to three kilo. So I wouldn't go much more on the on the rod side of it. Uh, it's and I'd probably stick to a graphite rod. Just if if you're spending the money on a quality reel like this, I'd probably spend a really nice rod with it to get the best out of it. In which you're going to get performance from the cast to um, with what they've done in, in the reel to make your cast so much better is out of control. And when we're talking price wise, they're the three thirty to so four hundred bucks. Yeah, three hundred thirty nine dollars this one. And the good thing is, Pat, this holds three kilos of, um, with the drag system of three kilos. Like that's a lot of drag for a size one thousand reel. Um, I'm just going to go to the two and a half. Now this is for me. I'd be using this on my whiting and squid. Now um, you suit braid up to about ten pound, um, but You've got to be smart with the with the pound braid you're going to use for the target species you're going to have. I learnt this lesson earlier in the year because the tuna were going off down our way. So I bought two 5,000 Stratics. Yep. But I, I've used the wrong braid on it. Right. I should have used fins, like something that really ran smoothly through the eyes. I didn't realise how much of a difference the braid would make if you're going to buy them specifically as a casting reel. Just to do with the, the the braid is, and what they've done here, they've added um, into the reel a long stroke spool, which is basically what it means is you're going to get a much bigger cast, especially if you use a nicer braid like you spoke about. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the difference, difference it makes, in it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'll go back to what I was going about the two and a half thousand, which probably a heavier reel. You can use up to a five kilo rod with the two and a half, but for your whiting, you're probably not going to go that much. And this holds nine kilos of power, and once again, it's three hundred and forty bucks, give or take. Uh, nine kilos of drag. Oh, uh, what did I say? Sorry power. Oh, nine kilo power. Sorry. Nine kilos of drag. It actually says here drag power, <laughs> but nine kilos of drag, which that is big on a two and a half thousand reel pack. 
Like, that is big. If you're fishing in Western Port and you're on the whiting, you hook a gummy or a snapper, you know that you've got kind of, enough balls in that reel to help support that that fish when you are fighting it. You're not going to burn your drag out. Um, I'm going to skip the 3,000, but there is a size 3,000, 4,000 as well. But I'm going to go to the 5. Now, we are coming into snapper season. I know it's scary, but in a couple of months' time, snapper are going to be mad. We're in July already, Pat. So a few months, snapper is going to be on people's mind. 4,000, yes, you'll get away with it. But the reason I'm going to go the 5,000 and recommend the 5,000 is because of the offshore stuff as well. Yep. You can kill two birds with two stones here. So you've got one stone to like that. stuff <laughs> up. <laughs> For 5,000 reel, shut up. <laughs> you've got the 5,000 reel here. Um, and that there, you can match it up to a 10 kilo rod. Like that's, uh, that's, that rod will, a 10 kilo rod will support nearly all the species we catch. I was going to say, this will catch kingfish. And oh, this, no dramas. This is why I think the Stratic is almost a stellar killer because at the 5,000 range, apart from the really massive kingfish, we're talking New Zealand, yep. there's nothing well, in Well, it's Victoria 11 kilo drag cut. If you put it on a heavier rod like it says here, up to 10 kilo, if you put that with 11 kilos of drag, you're not going to... You don't hold 11 kilos of drag. Like yep. That's a lot of drag. And you can also use your hand to assist the spool. So even if you're running four kilos, you can add your more pressure on it and know it's not going to damage your reel. Yep. Um, the problem with this... Well, not a problem, sorry. This one, the price just goes up a little bit more, goes up to 390 nearly for the uh, 5,000. But if you're going to kick yourself out this snapper season, want to get some nice gear uh, this is definitely a reel to look at and just a couple of little things to the new Stratic to the old Stratic the micro module gear too so the new Stratic has it uh, silent drive it has it um, it also has X protect long strokes pull and carbon cross drag washer which the other one didn't so what it didn't have it now does have so and we're talking the components of the reel that are going to make it in far better and longer wearing as well as do you performance going to get for example the casting which you were talking about you cast squid jig 470,402 metres. The new Shimano Stratic is out now at BCF, Anaconda, Tackle World, all your... But just be smart when you go... Complete and, angle, all if, your reputable fishing you stores will Yeah, and if you are, but right now there's not a lot of stock, if that makes sense at the moment, because if you do see something on Facebook where a store is posting it to sell, um, get in quick because I, I, I know they're not going to last long. For more information, head to the shimanofish.com.au website. That was Red's Review. This is Real Adventures. For BF Goodrich Tyres, what are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. It is now time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Visit New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan at newagecaravans.com.au. And this week, if you haven't, uh, Pat has just disappeared out of me. He's gone to do something at the club room, so he might be getting the gaff. But this week's tip is going to go towards nets and gaffs. Now, I did some videos during the week regarding uh, when to use nets on gummy sharks and along the lines of them. And uh, people, uh, people are just still messaging like why do you do that and I covered it a bit earlier about the gummy sharks how they roll off but another good reason to use a net not a gaff is if you want to get a good quality photo now you might be still keeping this fish but for example if you are chasing a school bluefin tuna like a nice 20 kilo fish which I did during the week uh, we released most of our fish so what we did as they come up we drop them in the net and we're using those strong hook em nets so once you put them in the net they come up and you can look after them where when you do a big gaff shot you can take out the side of a fish and they lose their color because they lose their blood so quickly so 
not only does it hold the colour, it protects the fish too for release because if you're trying to mouth gaff them, it, it is hard. I do mouth gaff big, big fish, like big barrel bluefin tuna, as you've seen on the social media in the past. But with the smaller fish, it's definitely worth using the net. Now, gaffs will come in handy. Now, when you use, when you are setting a, like a, a, I guess, your boat up with gaffs, you want to have a range of gaffs to use for different species of fish. Now, for example, these school bluefin, if you are going to gaff them to keep, you sort of want just a small-headed gaff. Now, you don't want it to be too too long. You want to have control. Now, where these school bluefin come up, I like to just have... It's nearly a hand gaff. It's probably only a metre tall, and I just reach over and slide, and, and slide it into the side of the fish, where with chasing a big, big barrel bluefin tuna, I want to have a gaff that's got a lot of reach with it, so about a metre and a half of reach, because you get one shot at that fish when it comes up, you want to be able to reach it from a distance, but also you want to have that little bit of flex in the actual gaff pole itself. And the hook and range, which I use, bends no worries around the boat. So if, if, for example, what I mean by that is you gaff the fish, yes, it's got the power to pull the gaff in, but when they go under the boat, they don't snap, they come back and it holds perfectly in the fish and also they don't break, which is a big, really important. Another gaff you want to have on the boat when you are chasing these big fish, as well as mako sharks as well, is a flying gaff. Now what a flying gaff is, is a gaff that actually comes comes off the end of of an actual uh, the gaff pole itself. So when you put it into the fish, the hook actually stays in in the fish, and you got it attached to a rope. So you pull the gaff in as normal, and then as you gaff the fish, the push the pole forward, it comes out, and you have the rope tied to your boat. So when you do get a large shark or a swordfish or a barrel bluefin, a fish that you probably can't always hold just by hand, flying gaff is what you need on um, on your boat. And there's so many different ranges out there. And like I said, I can't complain with the hook and one. And that was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. And now it is time for the flying gaff for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. And long story short, it's going to my mate Dangerfield because he's just bailed on me. So uh, you should be getting your priorities right, mate. And uh, I think fishing becomes comes before footy, so Dangerfield is taking the gaff. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? And the Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. And I am going fishing, but it's a little bit of fresh water, so we'll cover it all next week, and we'll see you there. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91